Hello, this is Scott Hanna, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 56, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 200 and Spider-Woman number 22 from October 1979. Welcome to the 56th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal a comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in the digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way, talking about them with my friends. And speaking about my friends, let's find out who's here with me. First, we have Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Also known as Hot Nuts. Hi, Pat. Hey. I'm happy to be back, man. We made it to Spidey 200. Yes. Wow. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. A lot Are you of excited. I, I, yes. A lot of build up to this moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a lot of build up. Hopefully there'll be a big payoff. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I probably should have a bit. Um, hmm. Maybe, maybe, you know what? I figured out might, might be in, in the house. Hmm. Some hot nuts in a bag. Hot nuts, like that's the treasure yeah. of the house. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. I wouldn't mind some hot nuts. Well, my, I don't have a lot of superpowers like Spider Man. Uh, I think the best power I have is witticisms, comic relief. But uh, Delvin shot me with a bunch of tranquilizers, so I got nothing today. Mm. You're bitless. I'm bitless. Bits fell right off of me. <laughs> that's what the tranquilizers did. It took away your bits. <laughs> yep, bits. I'm bit free. <laughs> It's like going in the cold water. I was like, bits, please. <laughs> <laughs> got bit slapped. I got bit slapped. Yeah. Anyway, I got nothing. Oh, oh man. And this is a time we need it, too, with 200 right I, now. I'm hoping the tran- tranquilizers wear off by yeah. the end of the show. So do I. I hope so. All right. We will find out. All right. Well, here with us also is Jason Albrick, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. Hey, Pat. Hey, everybody. I got some news. It's not good news. Apparently, there's a serial killer running around our neighborhood here around LBC Studios. I think we're going to have to go dispense some rough justice. But before we do that, let's make some pancakes. Mm-hmm. I like pancakes. Thank I you do, so too. We can catch this killer anytime, right? I mean, how yep. many more people is he going to kill? Three, four tops? Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. we're talking pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I got maple syrup. I got blueberry syrup. I got... That boysenberry that you can get at, you know, the one you get at the mm-hmm, IHOP? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's so, good. Yeah. I mean, this guy, what? He's going to kill three, four people tops. We can have some pancakes. Yeah. We got time. We got time. Hey, 
Do you mind if I sprinkle a little hot nuts on the pancakes? I think I know where you can get some. <laughs> one for five, two for ten. If you buy rum, want you buy them again. Said it nuts. Hot nuts. There you go. That's all I got. I can't wait. That's the only bit I got. That's all I got. Tranquilizer's got me down. Man. Well, I hope they haven't got our next person that's here with us. Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. You aren't down, are you? No, of course I'm not down. We're doing Amazing Spider-Man issue 200. Ooh. I mean, we've been doing this for a little bit, so that's cool. That's exciting. And with that, we paired a book equally as good. Almost, it. we'll get to it. That's what I'm saying. We'll get to that next book. But Amazing Spider-Man 200, I'm super excited about. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Yeah, I- that book. Yes. Yes. That book. That book. Yeah. Not like the, I mean, we have two books. I'm excited about one of them. I'm not as excited about the other one. Mm. And I'm excited about Amazing Spider-Man 200. So, yeah. <laughs> well. My bit is like putting my complaints out there early. Yes. <laughs> and often. <laughs> well, you know, you at least you're putting your cards forward. We can see what you're going to be ahead of time. So. You know, don't worry. I'll make it entertaining. Yeah, sort of. Sometimes there's good ones. Sometimes there's good bits. There's bad bits. There's good reads, bad reads. Who knows? Well, I got no. I got no bits. I really got nothing. But Jared, could you play the hot nut song again, please? Can do. Nuts. Anybody here want to buy my nuts? Nuts. Hot nuts. nuts. (laughs) Saving you that editing time, Pat. Just putting it right in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, since we got little bits. No bits, some excitement and no excitement. We will see where this takes us. So with that, why don't we go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and then we will get into this exciting episode. We will be right back. Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfenstaffner. Come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? I just, I just, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. DC events, as in the comic books. DC events. Yes, yes, the comic book events. Oh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally that one. Yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh. Um, very, very invasion, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the uh, the Genesis. Uh, not so much. No. Oh. Okay. Well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What What, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DCOCD. Oh, okay. I won't even charge you for it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I don't think I can claim you on benefits. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. (laughs) 
when should we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 200. Wow. 200. Do somebody know what issue we started with? I came on at 150. So I think it was like one before that. Was it 149? Jason? 144. Jared? Mathematically, that would make sense. But I'll say something went in there. We'll call it 145. Ooh, you are closer. 146. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny about that? Hmm. And what's so similar is in one issue happened in 146, Aunt May was on her deathbed. Oh. And the scorpion. Here I am. <laughs> Rock you. You're going to die, Aunt May. <laughs> The scorpion was going to take her, but yet Spider-Man came in through the window. Wow. But this is episode 56, so something went haywire there somewhere. What happened? Did we miss a skip a spy? <laughs> did we do like a Spider-Man twice? Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. and, and we covered that issue <clears throat> in Crusader Chronicles episode two. Wow. Wow. What did we cover in episode one? <laughs> that is a good question. You want to? Okay, I'll tell you what we covered in episode one. We covered action comics. Oh, was that the Voodoo Doom of Superman? Yes, it was. Oh. <laughs> and along with Amazing Spider-Man number 146, we covered Giant Size X-Men. Mm. That's where it started at all. Now we're here at 200. Wow. Man. I can't believe it. Such a fun time. Little Crusader Chronicles history for you there. For all of you that have been listening along then, thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it and going on this journey with us. We yeah, listen to the cool same joke. around long enough to have a history. Yeah, it is cool. I it think is it's cool. All right, well, with that sentimentalness out of the way, let's go ahead and get into this issue. Credits for this issue was provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of January 1980. But its on-sale date was October 9th, 1979. Cover price was just 75 cents. Page count was 48 pages. You know what that means? Is a double size. Double size. Yep. Double size. Double size. <laughs> take that as a compliment. Yeah. You can. Oh, 48 wow. pages. <laughs> That's what I was referencing. My rather large. That's what I was going for. Editor, writer was Marv Wolfman. Penciler. Keith. Why are you reading the credits? That's what I do. Do you read that? Oh, and then Jared does the cover description. What show am I on? What's wrong with me? Episode 56. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Delvin. I'm glad you're here for the first time. 56 in a row. (laughs) This is why we go on mute when Pat's doing this. Penciler was Keith Pollard. Inker is Jim Mooney. Letter is John Costanza. Colorist is the Color Me Back colorist, Glennis Ween. Woo! I wouldn't want it any other way. 
Mm-mm. Man, I'm so glad Glennis is here. It's awesome. You can read along with us in reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 Trade Paperback. Also on the Marvel Masterworks Volume 235 of Amazing Spider-Man Volume 19 Hardcover. And on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope that you do. Because we want to get your comments. What's your thoughts on this? Man, we've gone through over 50-some issues. We finally get to this climactic issue. How's it going to turn out? We've been waiting months and months and months for this. Woo! I'm so excited to talk about it. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the cover credits. And the artist on this was John Romita. Wow. With a nice cover. And speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description from Jared. All right. At least that part still works. My bits are broken, but my cover description still works. You got a cover. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Tonight's theme for both of these, by the way, is just going to be different types of poetry. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So here we go. The Marvel Comics Group banner is red with black letters and big change. The Spider-Man is no longer standing in the corner box. He's now web slinging in that corner box, which is green, by the way. The Amazing Spider-Man logo was yellow with red highlights with the webs. The other big change is the price, 75 cents. But since this is a double-sized issue, that is to be expected. Now, Pat, I'm going to read not one, but two haikus for the cover description. Montage of two picks. Main one, dynamic web swing. Lots of energy. Second pick is blue. Spider-Man confronts burglar. More around border. And with that, three cover blurbs have made their way onto this cover. We've got number one, we've got number two, and we have got number three. If you guys have got your scripts up and your pants down, Pat, read number one. Double size, double the thrills. Jason, number two. Our 200th issue anniversary spectacular. Delvin, bring it home. Against the man who killed his uncle Ben, the spider versus the burglar. Mm, I'm gonna you have no idea how fortunate I am that Delvin got number three because I cannot read it. I would have to blow that sucker up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're looking at the actual cover. I was looking at the actual cover. I was like, oh, God, please don't give me number three. I can't read it. <laughs> you're going to be it's like, in that the, lady the name. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them in the script just so you wouldn't have to. <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at <laughs> Which one did you want me to read? All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, bringing back an old bit with the haikus. I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts, and we will start with Delvin. Hey, Pat. Yes. What's a haiku? Uh, it's that little juice box that you get. Sometimes there's orange. That, that's that's high C. That's high C. Oh, high C is when you sing high. That's a high C H I G H, like not. H-I. You know what? I'm just going to get started with my cover thoughts. I like it a lot. The colors are simple. It's not John Romita Jr. It's John Romita. It's the dad. Romita, yes. The original. Yeah. That Spidey is awesome. Like, just jumping out at the cover and it's all cool. And then, like, I think that that could have been enough for 200 Spectacular. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they had the backdrop. You got the burglar there. You got Spidey, you know, crouched in action and everything. 
I think it's aces to use, you know, old timey term. It's tops. It's neato. I like it's it. the bee's knees. It is. It is not just one bee's knee. It is two bee's knees. Wow. To use another patticism, it's the cock of the walk. It is. It is. <laughs> this cover had me on the seat of my seat. Ooh, I know that. I, I can appreciate that. Definitely. Jason, what's your thoughts? You know, honestly, this is what I had to give two looks. I knew we were going into issue 200, so I really expected something spectacular on the cover. And in my head, I guess I was expecting, oh, is this going to be like with the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus? Which major villain is going to be on here? So when I looked at it at first, I was like, he's just fighting this thug. And I didn't get it. So I read through the story and I said, okay, now I get it. And then I went back and looked at the cover for a second time and I realized how beautiful it was in its simplicity. Delvin, you're absolutely right. Spider-Man, as he should in his 200th episode, really dominates the scene. And it's just that very muted kind of dark blue and gray background that really juxtaposes the two images and sums up the story nicely. A second look, I thought, this is a really, really good cover. Jared, what's your thoughts? Similar to Jason, I thought this was kind of, at first I was like a little lackluster for 200, wanted more oomph, a little more pop, maybe another pop, perhaps a hiss. A second look, well, I'll be honest, when I saw it was Ramita, I was like, okay, it's Ramita, so that helps, you know? And then I was like, okay, they took the opportunity at 200 to do the change in the corner box. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's fresh. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't catch that until you just said that, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I bring the infos, man. I like the coloring. I think they were really smart to go with sort of that monochromatic bluish around the edge scene so that Spidey pops real well. I still think 200 demands a better cover, but I think this is a really good cover. So I bet you can figure out what I'm going to score it from from that. But uh, what about you, Pat? I agree with kind of everything everybody else has said. I think, like Delvin said, just that center circle with Spider-Man kind of swinging, popping out like that would have been just fine with some, you know, just a simple color in the background would have been cool, I think. Having the extra art around it where Spider-Man's kind of surprising the burglar is interesting. Like Jason said, once you read it, then you understand kind of what's happening. So I can appreciate it now when I go back and take a second look at it. But yeah, I was, again, really surprised when you mentioned that corner box. I didn't really look at that. (laughs) So... I think that's cool. I wonder if it stays now. I haven't looked at the next issue. Me neither. Yeah, kind of a cool looking pose there. And like you said, it's Ramita. Really cool looking. So I wonder, did the last few covers we've seen were different artists? Or it was like, wasn't it Keith or somebody doing this one? Yeah, Keith Pollard did the last one. Yeah. So what we weren't crazy about it. Yeah. Um, I think Sal Buscema did one before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I wonder, you know, as they knew this was coming, the more, you know, the artists they had to get to get this double one put together in that, you know, kind of going out and getting John Romita to help out. Really it's cool. possible that they just dialed back the nostalgia machine, you know? Mm-hmm. They said, we got a time, we have, it's a special occasion, we're going to put an all-time classic artist on here to commemorate the occasion. That's what I'm thinking more of. Yeah. Well, as we will learn, they, they did include some Stan Lee on the interior, some Stan Lee words. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I tend to be more in Delvin's camp. But then again, it's easy to think Pollard 
still never got his feet under him. So did they have to call in Romita to do the cover for Pollard? But I tend to lean more towards it as probably a nostalgia move. Yeah, it probably I think is. so. I think you're right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some cover ratings and see what you guys' final thoughts are on it. And just as a reminder, Delvin, just in case this is your first time being on the show, so welcome. We have a rating system here. It's one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Oh, man. I hate that when that happens. Jason, one through five. I'm going to land on a four with this one. I think one thing that I popped into my head I didn't mention, I'll take an opportunity to mention it here, is that the tone of the story really was about history and past mistakes and kind of moving Spider-Man from a dark place to the end where he comes out in the light place. Mm -hmm. And I think the cover really captures that well. So that's something I didn't, again, I didn't appreciate it till I read the story. And I said, okay, I think I see what John was trying to do here. So really solid effort for, for me, Delvin. I'll be positive guy here or more positive guy. I already know what Jared's going. So everybody ain't getting up. I'm getting up because it's Spidey 200. This gets a five. I like it. I liked it a whole lot. Just looking at it, it, it did make me smile. And you can tell that this was something that they were super proud of, that the book made it to 200 issues. Mm-hmm. And they pulled out all the stops on it, I think. You can tell it just by the way the story went. And even I just, I don't know, there's just something about the cover that just, it really rung out as really special. Even that they made it double size. I don't think that was something they were doing every day back in almost 1980. So just positives all around for me. Five. Very cool. Jared. Delvin is correct. I am going to be on team four with the weasel skull. I think it's a really good cover. John Ramita is always welcome here. Just, Just wanted something a little bigger for 200 and foreshadowing. It's going to affect what happens inside the book as well. What about you, Pat? I'm going to be on Four Island with you and your brother. So Albert Bros and me together on the four. I can understand Delvin's feeling. You know, he's he's a good Spidey fan here. So I just think the outside, if they would have just that center circle with Spider-Man in it, man, that's the bee's knees. It is, I, but I do love the framing device. The framing yeah. device completely works. It's just, you know what, if this was like a regular issue... I probably would have given it a five, <laughs> but because it's no. 200, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> a little greedy on that one. It's like, you're waiting for this big buildup. I think we, we're all kind of waiting for a big buildup on this one on the cover. So respectable. Four is a respectable rating on this one. All right. Well, with the rating out of the way, let's finally get into this story and find out what it's all about, what we've been building up for the last several months of issues on issues on issues from the Wolfman. Let's see if it all pays off. Let's get to the story synopsis from Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man! 
The title of this book was The Spider and the Burglar, a sequel. Mysterio shooting Spidey with all that tranquilizer has left him not dead as we thought, but instead bereft of his spider powers. Convenient plot device? Probably. Because the rest of this issue, Spider-Man is facing off against the burglar who killed Uncle Ben. Peter did some detective work to find out what I just told you and also uncovered an incredible story about why Uncle Ben may have been killed. He gets back to his apartment to find the burglar who eventually gets to jump on Pete and knocks Pete out. Pete fakes like he knows where the treasure that has been a plot point for a while is and the burglar ain't happy. So he goes back to Restwell Nursing Home to give Pete some motivation. Pete follows the Spidey but gets winged by a bullet from the burglar. It's knocked out, so Pete misses that Aunt May is indeed back. An emotional battle occurs, and while Pete had every opportunity to kill the burglar, he shows mercy and lets nature take its course as the burglar passes from a heart attack due to stress. Aunt May is back. Spidey is rejuvenated more than ever. The issue ends. Thank you for that double-stuffed synopsis from a double-sized episode. No one's curious about the bit? Sure. Was there a bit in there? <laughs> it sounded very straightforward yes. to me. Uh, I thought, I there were some big words. Like, I thought you were going know. straight edge for 200. <laughs> yeah. it was, the, the synopsis was exactly 200 words long. Oh. Uh, 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 okay. Okay. Whew. I was really worried. I like is that true or did you make that up? Because it sounded cool. No, it's true. Okay. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there coming up with synopsis like tick attack, tick attack, work count, work and okay, stop. Can't say anymore. I'm done. Uh, Two hundred words. Well done. Yes, very well done. If you would have tried to do a little bit more words and tried to sneak them in, I would have called you a word burglar. <laughs> at that one. <laughs> I was telling myself, it was stupid. Don't reward him. It was, it was good, reward him, and then I rewarded him. It was, it was good, bad. Like I, I got, a, I had a buddy today that used a couple of bad word jokes, and both, and both times I looked at him and laughed, and I'm like, I'm rewarding bad behavior. I know I am, <laughs> but I couldn't help it. You've been doing it for me for like 25 years. Team much. <laughs> Quarter Pretty much. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get to the brick or brack for this issue. And I'm sure we will get a reading rainbow. But let's find out. Is it a first read or a reread? Jared. You know, I think this is a first read. I think I, <laughs> I wasn't baller and tapper enough to have 200 in my, you know, this is where it's spotty for me. And then it's going to sure. start getting real consistent. But yeah, sorry. Long answer for first read. I can understand. You know, always a big number like this. It's probably one that was hard to find back in the days. Jason. It's a first read for me as well. Oh, Delvin? I've never read it. It's first read. <gasps> what? There it is. I, what? I, just, I just duped myself. Yeah. You did. <laughs> so I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do here. You do know what to do with your hands. You, you hold them together and then you spread them apart in a almost <laughs> usually. Because yes. it's a first read for me, too. Oh, man. I have to go out since we could do that. Yeah. I'm really happy right now. Man, that just warms my tummy feathers. I it's felt like somebody I, rubbed them the right way on that. Time. I knew you were going to be surprised because I was like, 
Because even going like after last one's like, I don't remember reading the, the wind up to this. I, I never read it. It's been in my collection. Did not read it. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. I'm glad we all got a first here. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into some high lows or what does for this issue. Probably a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and start it with Jared. All right. Let me clear the decks of my low in round one. I got to admit, after all the build up 200, I felt a little disappointed mm. uh, I, there. And I think it comes from what I would call right for a big word, Pat contrivances. Okay. I thought it was pretty contrived that Spidey had no power. So now he goes up against the burglar mm-hmm. that killed his uncle Ben. And then the burglar died of a heart attack was, was the second contrivance. And I was like, that's one contrivance too much. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just not all that enamored with the burglar. Like I get it. Like he's a part of Spidey history. So that, that got me by other than that. I just, I was like, it, it just felt really drawn out. It, it's one of those double length ones. that kind of felt double length. Cause it kind of kept retreading a lot of the same material. Yeah. There's like five chapters in this thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of this is retread and sort of just kind of dragging it out. So I've got more good things to say. I just want to get the low out of the sure. way. I just felt a little let down by 200. I felt like it drug a little bit and had too many contrivances. Having said that, there are good things to say, and I'll see you in round two. Okay. Well, I'm going to just kind of piggyback it off of what you said. I kind of felt a little bit of the same thing, but one more I thought about it, what we've been reading in the past was all building up to this point to get him to somewhat of like a ground level where he could fight the burglar to you know get him at an equal level but also to get him really 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 mad to where he's all mad with all that crazy stuff that was happening with him and everybody hating him and just everybody you know just being down on spider-man that he gets himself really short powered but yet really angry and adrenaline running that helps him fight who he needs to fight yeah no i'm, I'm with you i have things to say about that in the highest round okay for certain yeah just just wanted more one more. Delvin, high, low, or what the? I don't know where to categorize this, so I'll say what the. I do agree with Jared. When I first opened the book and saw, you know, Spider-Man, I was like, oh, instead of, like, putting me out for the count, it took away my powers. I can't believe it. It was like, okay, I see why they did this. However, to cascade this what the into the high, it was an interesting juxtaposition. I just listened to the edit for our last Crusader Chronicles that hadn't come out yet. Uh, it will by the time that this one comes out. And one of the things that Jared was mentioning was that he felt it was out of character for Spider-Man to kind of stop and take a break while he didn't know where Aunt May was. So an interesting juxtaposition was kind of put into place. And Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Peter Parker had all the power in the world and he was arrogant and he did not do anything to stop the man who eventually killed his uncle. In this one, he had zero powers and he did absolutely everything that he could possibly to stop this burglar and also helped out like the uh, security guard. I mean, that was a little touch that they threw in there as well. And he went out of his way to do everything that he could to save the day, which kind of proves that Peter Parker is Spider-Man more than Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So very, very, very good job of kind of 
bringing Spider-Man at to his lowest because he was low. I mean, geez, Kingpin just waylaid him, just whooped his butt. He getting smacked around by net leads, all sorts of stuff. And then Wolfman slowly brought it back up to the top again and had Spidey riding high. So what though that turns into a pretty good high. And it has him riding high without any powers. Well, I think he's got his powers back. He mentioned that his powers were slowly returning yeah. towards the end, probably enough where if he wanted to, he could have killed the burglar and made it a point where it's like, I'm not going to kill you because I'm better than you. I think he has his powers back because I think at the end of the uh, issue, he was swinging. Yeah. Like normal. But I that just, he did all of that without it, without his powers, yeah. it was pretty incredible. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Jason. High, low, or what does? You know, interestingly, Jared said the same thing I was going to tack on at the beginning. The key word for this was just contrivance throughout the whole comic. That's really detracted from me. I understand what Delvin's saying, and I really wanted to like this book more than I did. And I understand what they were trying to do with it, and I applaud them for their efforts, but everything just felt really contrived right down to Delvin touched upon it being the same security guard when he actually stops a criminal this time. It's like he has this chance to go back in time almost and fix all the rights that once went wrong. And I don't know, it's just like the world doesn't work that way. And I think there could have been a more mature way to tell this story that just didn't feel so forced to me. Again, I really liked what they did with it. There are elements of the book I did like, so I'm not going to spend this whole episode just harping on it, but I did want to get that out of the way early. It just really bothered me how many of these scenarios seem forced and contrived. So let me ask you guys, what did you think of the conclusion of what was in the house? Mm. Does that add to the contrivousness? Kind of. Is that a word? Well, everything just was so neatly wrapped up, right? Like, again, when he reveals himself to the burglar, like, oh, I was his nephew. And then conveniently, the burglar has a heart attack. Yeah, I was like, what? Spider-Man scared him to death. (laughs) But, you know, uh, but he has a heart attack. Oh, okay, so that problem's neatly solved. But Spider-Man didn't actually kill him, so it's okay. You know, and that's, that's what was really getting me. The house... Not so much. I mean, it was kind of sort of funny. You know, they lost out on, what was it, a a half a billion dollars because Ben Parker wouldn't pay for the Orkin man to come by a couple times a month, you know? That's kind of, that was kind of funny, I thought, but... uh, So the money disappeared due to a contrivance. (laughs) Right. Again. Silverfish. Yeah, I mean, that one Silverfish! Maybe chuckle a little bit. But the one that really bothered me was him revealing himself to the burglar. So, like, he, oh, I can get this all off my chest, and there are no consequences. Because, again, a contrived death at the ending. I just didn't like that part of it. I have a counter for that. Okay. I thought you might. Yeah, when they mentioned the part about it being eaten by silverfish, like, I've kind of smiled because it's like, that wasn't really the point. The point of it was that Spidey's got his groove back. That was the whole point of that arc. And so when it got to that point, I just kind of smiled and just kind of nodded my head because it's like I did get that part. I didn't see it as so much of a contrivance 
as I just didn't think it was that important to the overall story. No, and I'll even support you on that, too, because do you think Peter would have been happier to have a half a billion dollars or his aunt back alive? Well, clearly. Yeah, he he got what he wanted. I'm going to counterpoint the counterpoint. (laughs) (laughs) I get that, what Delvin's saying, but don't build it up so much. Oh, who? Who bought the house? What's the treasure hidden in there? Mysterio wants to know. He's kidnapped the burglar. What is it? What could it be? It doesn't matter. Or they built we, it up an awful lot for. Or were we building it up? Were we building it up ourselves? Well, we're readers, of course. We're, we're reading it. We're like, okay, because we've been asking ourselves for like I don't know a dozen issues now. Like, who's this dude that bought the house? Why is he buying the house? What's going on with the house? You know, we had all these grand schemes. We're like, maybe it's the Green Goblin. You know, maybe maybe Mysterio's guy. And I was it was it was this guy and. Silverfish. If anything, what I would have thought a contrivance was, I thought it was a fantastic story that they put together that there was this famous mobster who once had the house and, you know, went from that to, you know, Ben and Parker and Wheat Cakes and Peter Parker and everything. So I think that they could have worked that story in through these previous issues a little bit better because. That way, it wouldn't have been like the entirety of the reveal in 200 because it felt like, in a sense, like many years later, the Clone Saga happened in the 90s and they had a six month in and out on the Clone Saga and it spiked the sales of Spidey, which were flagging a little bit at the time. And so the editor said, keep it going. And the writers were like, I don't really want to keep it going. And the editors were like, Keep it going or we're going to fire you. So they kept it going. And then it spiraled more and more out of control to where Peter Parker wasn't the real Peter Parker and Ben Riley was actually Peter Parker. And then there's kind of come up with a new rogues gallery and it was getting weird and convoluted. And then readers were leaving in droves. And then they had to come up with this entire backstory of the Green Goblin orchestrating everything behind the scenes since he had apparently died way back in the 60s to even construct it. Now, this wasn't that bad. This was only a matter of, uh, well, this went on during um, Lynn Wing's run of the guy uh, going into the house. So it was a few years and it wasn't out of control by any means. I'm just saying it kind of had similar energy in that they had to put a lot of buildup in this one issue 200 to make up for storyline that they probably should have put in somewhere. Like maybe even tying in Kingpin somehow to that model or something like that. Like that would have been really a good idea, says Mm -hmm. the hindsight guy who's never ridden the Teen Titans. But still, that's, you know. Yeah. And uh, believe me, I'm not looking to bash this at all. It's all just interesting story. Uh, I'm glad we got here. Got to see what all happened. So you know, I still enjoyed the story. Just uh, my, my buildup that was there is like, oh, man, it, it's going to be something really cool. But it was like, no, it wasn't. But I enjoyed the heck out of the story. Oh, yeah. I do understand what Jared was saying. It, it definitely felt feature length. Absolutely. Uh, but I did enjoy it. And well, I can't remember what order we're in now. So screw it. We haven't even mentioned the artwork. Keith Pollard did the entire book. The artwork was spectacular throughout the book there were really good splash pages and even though i think they kind of took liberties a little bit because like it wasn't 
like Spider-Man, it was Peter Parker in the Spider-Man costume without the powers, but still the action poses were dynamic. And the artwork throughout the book, I thought was well done. It was easily to me, Keith Pollard's best effort on the book so Mm -hmm. far. I don't know. I think this might be his last issue. I'm not sure. I think Ramita Jr. takes over soon. I think, but I don't know. But I really appreciated the artwork on this book. Definitely. It was a lot of great artwork. Great colors from, of course, the Calumary Bag colorist, Glennis Ween. Let's go ahead and get into round two. We'll give Delvin another opportunity if he wants to. But we'll start with Jared this time. All right. Yeah, I was going to say for round two, I, I like the artwork. The overall story was good. I like the idea of revisiting the burglar. It's such a landmark Spider-Man thing. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm with it in concept. I'm with it in art. Maybe not so much in execution, but it wasn't bad. I don't, I don't want to give the impression I thought, thought it was bad. I thought it, I thought it was fine. And again, I just felt like we, we did a lot of build up to something that was just good and I needed great. But uh, I, I promise positive. So, you know, Delvin's right. The Keith did a good job on on many, many, many pages. And that was fun to look at. And again, I like the idea that Lynn had to bring the burglar back into it and get Spider-Man back into a positive space. So I do like that. You mean Marv. Whatever I said that was wrong, I meant Marv. What did I say? <laughs> Lynn. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I called Keith Pollard Pete, you know, I, I <laughs> my, my, it's, it's these tranquilizers, man. <laughs> Your bits are off here, man. My, my bits just aren't hitting there. Yeah, definitely not. You know, I also enjoyed the story on this one as well. And I'm looking at this as everybody kind of mentioned it, just that kind of a clean slate. So I am very interested now that this story is done with, where do we go from here? Is Peter Parker's world all exciting and happy now? Is he going back to the old Parker luck? Or will he be riding high for a little bit and then go down again? I don't don't know. You know he's going back to that Parker luck. It's it's Pete, right? I would hope they'd give him a little high right now, you know, because he's, it seems like, you know, it's definitely like a clean slate for him again. Granted, it's an odd clean slate where he just let the guy die because of a heart attack and he didn't do anything about it. But he ain't a doctor. What is all the news? <laughs> he pulled the little lever for the fire alarm. <laughs> I was waiting when he took Aunt May to the hospital. I was waiting for that one doctor to show up again. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So you let the burglar die, did you? <laughs> Way to and go. Your go. And <laughs> your aunt's been tied up down in the basement, pooping in a bucket for like six weeks. <laughs> God, you suck. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Just to come like, man, they got to bring this guy back. All this, the build up on that doctor, but maybe he'll come back as a villain somewhere down the road. Who knows? Yeah, I definitely want to write a series that features the negative doctor and Boris corpse. Oh, that's, a, yes. that's a series that needs to be done. <laughs> that would be fun. Definitely. Jason. High, low, or what the? Well, generally speaking, I think I feel similar to how Jared felt. I like what they were trying to do. thought the execution was a little ham-handed. But I will say that I did enjoy both the reunification of Pete and Aunt May in the end. That was very touching. But even more so, I liked that she took Spider-Man's hand to get out of there in the end. I thought that was yeah. something that was kind of a long time coming. And I felt emotionally connected to that scene because this is where mm-hmm. before Pete is doing the, I'm through being Spider-Man. He's brought me nothing but trouble. And now it's like, I am Spider-Man and I've got to balance this world. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Spider-Man loves Aunt May too. Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was, uh, that was a very powerful scene there at the end. And I really appreciated that one. So I'll leave it at that. No, very good. I definitely agree with you on that as well, too. Just that coming together moment of Aunt May and him breaking bread, making the peace between whatever situations that they've had or her being afraid of it. I thought really cool to have that heartwarming moment. And this whole issue was like a big character moment for Peter. I think we don't have any of his friends in here. It's really just Peter, the burglar, and a few other people. Jonah's not in here. Any some of the side characters aren't in here. So I thought that was really neat that you could have this big of an issue all really centered around Peter. And we don't have some of those side stories going on anymore. Yeah, last time we checked with Jonah, Jonah had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. We hadn't seen him since. Yeah, that's a good good point, Pat. Because I, I complained a little bit, I felt a little drawn out. Maybe a little of that updates in those realms would have helped me. Maybe that's why it felt drawn out is that we felt it was just that one, yeah, that one storyline for double the length. You know that. Hey, you know how I pointed out the quarter box change? You've pointed mm-hmm. that out for me. That oh, well, me. Could have could have helped with the pacing if we checked in with some of those other characters. I think maybe just a page, you know, a half a page or, or or so out throughout it, just to break up that storyline would have been great. But it's still a great story of the character moment, the swing from just how being down Peter Parker was to just coming to this fulfillment and just getting that weight off his back that he's been carrying around for two hundred issues, I guess, or more. I think it was kind of important though, just to you know, play the other side of the coin. I think what the writers were trying to do was to get Spider-Man to the basic elements, take it back to that origin. And at the end of the day, it's Peter, it's Uncle Ben, and it's Aunt May. That is his, that's That's his his triangle. That's his inner sanctum. And I think it was important to some degree to focus on those characters. You know, we can argue how successful it was, but I do applaud them for breaking it down into the basic elements of Spider-Man. Agree. Even no major villains so much. It was just the burglar. Yep. Yep. Delvin, do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention was that, man, the story felt gritty. Like, there were, like, a couple of times between the burglar and Pete, like, punk, punk. You're nothing but a punk. You're a fake punk. I was waiting for a challenge, but I didn't hear anything. A lot of stuff through gritted teeth and everything, and they're going back and forth. And then that scene where the burglar was trying to get info out of Pete, and he just starts slapping him around like, dang, (laughs) let me tell you something, creep, whap, and I'm going to get this, whap, and then whap, whap. Yeah. And then they show Pete all bloody. I'm like, it took me a while. I'm like, well, how is Pete taking it? You know, and he gets knocked out by a gun. But I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's really weak right now. So I think I started to feel more for him. I mean, hey, I mean, a strong man. You know, I think even Spidey has been knocked out. But, I mean, you get hit in the back of the head with a gun, but that <laughs> freaking would kill. That hurts, man. And you got to rub that out. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Devin? No, I think I'm good. I think with that, let's go ahead and get into the silly Spidey moment. So, whew, this is a tough one. Like Devin said, this was gritty. So, let's see if anybody found a little ray of happiness in this. A little fun moment in here. We will go with Jason. You got a silly Spidey for this one? I did find one. It took a little hunting, but there was one scene in the fight with the burglar that made me chuckle. 
And it's the scene where the burglar shooting at him and you kind of see Spider-Man in the foreground jumping for the burglar. And he says, good shooting, ugly. So far, you've wiped out half a wall and two floorboards. Want to try this for the stairs next? I thought that, that was good. good. That was a good one. Definitely a good one. <laughs> Delvin, do you have a silly Spidey? Man, I'm thumbing through the pages, and I am drawing a complete blank on silly Spidey uh, for this one. So, uh, if Jared, if you got a good one, take it away, brother. All right. On content page 23, I think it is, Spidey busts in the kicks in the door of the basement and the burglar says you found me hey you got that and on your first guess too maybe i underestimated you jerk all along i didn't think you had the brains of a cactus so eh, again (laughs) not his best zip but hey he found time to be a little zippy uh two panels later he got shot so that didn't pan out but you know hey (laughs) you know hey that's all i got brains of a cactus what about you pat you know, just like you, Delvin, I couldn't really found one. You know, I like the wordplay uh, when he makes really fun of people. So I would have to go with the one that Jared said. But I do like when he kicked down the door, too, like Jason said. So there there really was just a hard time to find something funny in that. Uh, maybe because I was just really invested in the character moments that were happening in this issue. Wait till we get to Craven's last hunt. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> To say we needed more Jonah in this one. Jonah's yeah. been providing a lot of the levity here lately. And maybe that's it because of not having those side characters around to add a little, you know, a little odd flavor or just a little, you know, humor in the stuff that was happening just to break that up and, and get you ready for the next big heart hit that you needed that came up. All right. Well, let's go ahead and figure out what we are going to rate this one. We do a one through five rating here on Crusader Chronicles. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Delvin, what are you going to rate it? I am going to rate this a four. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good read. The character beats were Mm -hmm. with Peter Parker and... It looks like Marvel men wanted to break him down, but build him back up and ultimately show Pete that he has a lot to live for and that he is a good hero and a good person. And he fights for the people who he loves and he fights the hardest for the people that he loves. And I think that's a great place to always leave Spider-Man. So I thought it was good. I think if this is Wolfman's last book, he did a good arc. I think he was on about a year, maybe a year and a half. He did a really good job. I, I really did enjoy his run. What about you, Jason? Can't go quite as high as a four. I'm at a solid three. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat that that dead horse about the contrivance, but I did like what they tried to do. I did enjoy Marv's run on the book, and I thought it ended well, if not as spectacular as I would have hoped. What do you think, Jared? Similar to you, I think this, like the cover, it's a victim of being issue 200. My bar was high. It almost reached it you know and i feel like if this was a regular issue of spider i probably would have given it a four but i'm gonna land on a three if you're gonna come with 200 and all these buildups or whatever i just need a little bit better of a delivery but it's a it's not an angry three it's just it's just three pat well boys we have a divided house here i am with delvin on a four like you though i did it get a five from me no there were some moments but i was still intrigued in reading this issue it kept me turning the page even being a double issue 
Uh, I kept turning it, wanting to know the rest of the story because of the buildup that was happening here. The payoff just eh, fell a little short, but I still enjoyed it and was well done along the way. Uh, like Delvin said, the buildup that Marv has been doing over these issues that we've been reading from him really has come to a, a conclusion, and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to, again, what's to come. So I'm at a four. So two cool guys are at a four. Two lukewarm guys. guys. (laughs) Tepid guys. Middle of the range. Middle aged. Kind of just sitting here, guys. Yeah, just some, you know, eh, guys. So let us know in the chat. Tweet us. Facebook us. Whatever. What do you guys think? Three or four? Three Three or four. four. Either way, it was a good read. Definitely. Either way, it's still definitely a solid good read on that. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question, and let's hear it. I mean, have you been along with us for this long? Have you been reading since Wolfman took over? Have you been reading with us before that? Were you here at Crusader Chronicles number two with issue 146? Let us know. How long have you been with us? I I was there. Oh, you let us know what happened to issues 145 and 144 too. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. Send us uh, your comments and questions. You can also send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Drama. Lust. Snark. Comedy. Heartbreak, creativity, poetry, illicit affairs, rage, revenge, testosterone poisoning, gunshots, sculpture, feminine hygiene products, naked car crashes. You know what we haven't had in a long time? And liver. Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise, the audio adaptation, coming to your ear holes in late 2020 on the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. Liver is my life. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming of this show. If you want to get involved in the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 per month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected Spider-Woman number 22. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of January 1980, but its on-sale date was October 2nd, 1979. Cover price was 40 cents. Editor was James Shooter. Ooh. Writer. Michael L. Flesher. Penciler, Frank Springer. Anchor is Mike Espedito. Espedito. <laughs> yes, Mike, Mike. Letter is Clem Robbins. And colorist is Ben Sean. 
This was reprinted in Essential Spider-Woman Volume 1 trade paperback, and also you can read it along on Marvel Unlimited. And again, as always, we hope that you do. Cover credits go to penciler Marie Severin, and inker is, again, the one, the only, Mike. Awesome, we love you, Mike. Let's go ahead and get a quick cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is lime green with black letters. A headshot of Spider-Woman fills her corner box. And the Spider-Woman logo is white with magenta highlights. The main action is a bird's eye view of Spider-Woman. And now I need some... Beatnik music for some beatnik poetry. I can snap some fingers for you. Yes, save some snaps for me at the end. Here we go. Spider Woman, Spider Woe Man, Spider Woe Man. She is running. She is wall crawl running. About to pounce. Bring every ounce on top of this killer clown. Is the girl at his feet dead or is he clowning around? Heavy man, heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And a cover blurb reads, Jason, go. The crimes of the killer clown. There we have it. Man, you know, just like that Bobby Brown song said, get off of my back. Maybe this heart attack. Ain't nobody clowning around. (laughs) You lost me on that one. I want to help you, but I can't. It's humping around. I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, not clowning. Yes, we're gonna take That's a different song, but it's still a good one. That's the best. That's by Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown had some hits, man. Yeah. Bobby Brown was a jam, man. That was a good one. Yeah, look it up. Like, I mean, he, like he was a total. A new edition. I was gonna say, yeah, most of his hits was on the spouse, but easy, easy. All right, let's get some quick cover thoughts on this. We'll start with Jared. Oh man, Spider Woman, whoa man. Okay, the cover, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Uh, I like the angle. It's a rakish angle cover, boys. (laughs) Now, rakish angle and. Well, <laughs> I was about to say it's not the best drawing of Spider Woman, but that depends on your point of view. She's shot from the back, so you don't get to see Spider Woman from the front. You know, some people are perfectly okay with that, but I, I like the mood of it. I think the mood is really great. I, I love the, the open door. I love the shadows cast. Uh, it's a very moody and a little bit scary cover and that's what it's supposed to be. So I quite like it. Plus it's got Esposito all over it, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good cover. Delvin. Quick correction for Jared. It's pronounced Esposito. Esposito. (laughs) I'm sorry. I look, we 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 got to milk it all the time. All right. Plus it's, you know, we're celebrating, 200 so we gotta bring back mike since he was so much of a part of the show anyway yeah spider-man's got uh, excuse me spider-woman's got a nice butt <laughs> look i'm just gonna say it it's- get it out there right away <laughs> so your high is nice <laughs> look, hey, anybody else agree with that 
Yeah, of course, everyone else agrees. Yes, but I don't even course. hear them. I, I know the Albrecht brothers. I, I know your closet <laughs> freak, Pat. I, I, I know the audience. I'm with. <laughs> but at least you know, unless completely wrong, Marie Severin is a woman. Yes. So I mean, it's a it is a respectful booty that she drew. So it, I can at least be complimentary that way and not be a complete thing. Anyway, that's actually the best part of the cover. I do agree with Jared, and I do like the rakish angle, and it sets it off. It makes it look intriguing, and it's like, ooh, Spider-Woman's about to attack. You know, you got this dude down there doing whatever, and uh, yeah. So there are some good elements of this um, cover. I do think it's well-drawn. Jason? Oh, I agree with both Delvin and, and Jared. I'm just sitting here staring up, and I'm looking at that nice, firm, round Web rings. Man, Jason. those web rings are so hot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> web wings. Redemption. I like it. No, I guess the only thing I'll add is I really like that Spider-Woman logo, the title. I like how they designed that. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. It kind of screams, you know, 70s, 80s. Yeah. And, uh, and it goes well with the cover. And like we talked about, it's a very noirish cover. You've got the killer clown down there on the bottom standing over his latest victim and then Spider-Woman about to pounce. And then you got the face of Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman up there in the corner box. All comes together pretty nice, I think. I like that think? corner box. I do too, yeah. It is what do you different. think? Yeah, that corner box is definitely different. Uh, one that I'm not used to seeing, having that more close-up of you know your hero for the issue that we're looking at i can't agree with you on the logo i just think it's kind of but then again you know what i'm not a spider woman kind of guy i mean i know her from the cartoons but i never read an issue well oh shoot i just gave it away (laughs) reading (laughs) but you know i i don't know much about spider woman so i've never picked up one before so it is interesting to see uh what this one was all about and the cover as you guys have all alluded Gives you that kind of creepyish vibe to it. And maybe it is that rakish angle that's happening that kind of creeps me out along with the, the cover burb of the killer clown and just. <laughs> <laughs> I bet think coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the clown horn. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the coloring used for it really help pop things, especially Spider Woman popping out like that. And then on the ground, the green of the clown as well. Let's get into a cover rating for this one. It's the same one through five cover rating. Five as you loved it. And let's stick with the Spidey themes here. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Delvin. I can't go four. It's a three, but it's like... That three, and I'm kind of looking at four longingly, much like I like looking at Spider-Woman's wings. Longingly. Um, fantastic wings, yes. Uh, and before I get myself in any more trouble, I'm going to pass it on to Jared. Bounce a quarter off those wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ratchet it up the notch and give it the four, just because I fully understand how challenging it can be to do rakish angle work and it's really done well and again i just love the lighting and the colors like you mentioned pat i think this is a really really strong spider woman cover and i dig it, it may, if i saw it on the spinner rack 
I would, well, back then it was a girl comic, so no. But mm-hmm. you know, more mature Jared saw it on the spin rack and be like, oh man, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'd pick it up. Good cover, good eye catcher. So, and the logo is fantastic, Pat. You're full of uh, Jason. Hey. Yeah, I really want to just bite into those wings, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna I, get you know, we gotta watch the rating here, guys. Watch the rating. Here. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. No, you know, I'm gonna give it a four too. I think it's very similar to that amazing Spider-Man cover that we talked about. And I really like how they rendered details in the alley and as Jared said, the angle. It all comes together really nice. So four for me as well. Well, we are again a divided house here at LBC. I am with Delvin on this. Two cool guys coming in at three. We liked it against two chumps. Ah, oh, chumps, man. We got downgraded at chumps. <laughs> it's getting worse all the time. <laughs> two spider woman wings. That's what you guys are. <laughs> You guys are just two squirrels trying to get a nut. Hot nuts. <laughs> you gotta look at those wings and give it a three. Come on. <laughs> Never trust a big button, some wings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I you know, I just haven't read a lot of Spider Woman, so can't say that I have a a thing for her, but we'll see. Does the story make me more interested to find out? We will soon find out. So Let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis for this issue. And that is brought to you by Jason. Look, up on the building, it's Spider Woman. And this is Jessica Drew who as a child, while visiting her father's laboratory, was bitten by a poisonous spider. Forced to try an untested spider serum, Dr. Drew not only saved his daughter's life, but unknowingly gave her incredible spider-like powers. Dedicated to fighting evil while weaving her web of justice, it's Spider-Woman. I don't have it in the script. I kind of went Jared's route here. You know, he did the beatnik poetry. I wrote a little song to the tune of Spider-Man. So here goes. I'm so scared. (laughs) Get get your dump button ready. Are we going to need to sing on this at all? Nope. Nope. I got it. Here we go. Spider chick, spider chick. Like Spider-Man, but without a web shooter. He has been a web of any size, but has web wings, so she flies. Hey there, there goes the spider chick. Kill the clown, kill the clown. He kills women because he's feeling down. To be a clown is all he wishes, but his wife's got him doing the dishes. Hey there, there goes the kill the clown. Spider chick versus kill the clown. Yes, indeed, it's going down. But the fight's gonna have to wait. Cause Spider Chick's got a dinner date. Oh, yeah. It's Spider Chick versus Killer Clown. Got Killer Clown. He's got an itch. He's gonna choke a woman. His mistake, 
Pinky Chew's a spider chick friend. That spider chick swears this is the end. Oh yeah, it's spider chick versus killer clown. Spider chick don't know where he went. Killer clown's hiding in a circus tent. Show enough, those two fight. The spider chick puts out his lights. Oh yeah, winner is spider chick. That's it. That's the summary. <laughs> Oh, Jason, I really, really appreciate that. I, mm. I think you really brought the story into another level. Mm-hmm. For me. Mm-hmm. If you counted the words, it was 200, by the way. Oh, <laughs> was it really? <laughs> I think he's fooling with me. He's going to wait for me. He's going to, I'm going to count him. You know, I'm going to count him now. <laughs> Seven, eight, eight. No, it's not. <laughs> 23, 24. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's get to the brick or brack for this. Is it a first read or a reread? Delvin. First read for me, Pat. Jared. Let me ruin this early. This is a reread for me. You mentioned it was in Essential Spider-Woman Volume 1, which I have read cover to cover. Jason. Jason, Web shooter don't rhyme with chick. (laughs) No, but this does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh, for me, it's a first read. How about you, Pat? Not that it matters. Yeah, not that it matters. It is a first read for me as well. But, oh well. Let's go ahead and get to some highs, lows, and what does then. And find out what we all thought about this issue. I'm kind of interested if it's a first read for everybody else. Let me know, have you read any other Spider-Woman issues? We know Jared has. So I'm expecting he may know a little bit more about her. So let's go from that. Jason. I read some Spider-Man issues. I think it was a mini-series that Bendis wrote a long time ago. So Spider-Man? A Spider-Woman. Okay. He did a Spider-Woman mini-series. And Jessica Drew was also kind of a reoccurring character in Wolverine title for a little while. So that is about the extent of my Spider-Woman knowledge right there. Okay. You got a high, low, or what that for this? Yeah, I guess... It's kind of, again, common theme is contrivance. I felt like this story was a little contrived as well. It just so happens that the two bounty hunters determine that they're going to go after Killer Clown, and she just stumbles upon the next victim, and then he follows her back. And everything just seems kind of laid out a little bit too easy uh, Mm -hmm. for her. So I'd say that was kind of my big criticism of the book was it seemed this one seemed a little contrived as well delvin yeah first page and i think i texted you guys about this just some of the dialogue i'm with you all the way scotty work me up an mo analysis on our clown face strangler and even before i started i had no expectations of this book but i'm like you don't hear the phrase clown faced strangler very often it's kind of odd and that kind of sums up what I think about this book. No, no, I thought, I thought it was, I'm going to be honest. I thought it was bad. I didn't think it was odd. I thought it was bad. Just really lazy story writing to me. Because it's like, hey, we got to come up with this book for Spider-Woman, right? Okay, cool. Let's come up with a clown that seems almost like the Joker, except no personality, 
like a very bad sense of humor and like completely stripped of anything. I didn't get the point. It's a demasculated uh, joker is what it was. I mean, maybe from what I've heard, even I watched it, maybe it was like this. <laughs> maybe they were doing this new age joker in this spot because it was just so clearly like, I mean, like, I, I started jokingly calling it Foker because I'm like, this is a fake joker. Oh. <laughs> it, it was, <sighs> let me say something positive. Okay. It, was, it was very well drawn. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was crap, but it was very well drawn crap. And uh, I will pass it off to someone else. We'll go to Jared. Your Honor, let me get on the defendant's uh, side. That's enough. <laughs> pass it <laughs> Go ahead. You have the floor. All right. Your Honor, the, the distinguished gentleman from... Wait, why did we go from court to Congress anyway? All right, I'm, I think I'm going to clearly like it the best of everybody. I but... don't know. I'm just a comic book kind of reading guy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Christados, it's just Christados <laughs> Your Honor, yes. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to like it better than everybody, but I think it's because I read the whole essential thing. And let me do a macro view thing real quick. Spider-Woman, like I alluded to earlier, when that was on the shelf in 79 to 80, that was a girl comic. And much like ElfQuest was a girl comic. So I didn't I didn't get it. Now, I was probably a little too young to be pulling this off the spinner rack. But, you know, you see the back issue bins and all that stuff. Sure. That's a that's a girl comic. I'm not interested in Spider-Woman, clearly a cash-in, trying to get girls to read comics, blah, blah, blah. Flash forward to a few years later, and I get the essential volume. I read it cover to cover, and I discover it's quite good. The, the art is good all throughout. There's a lot of really good stories in there. It's really kind of cool that she's got that bounty hunter setup thing going on. I like the fact that she flies and she has the zaps that she can do. Yeah, I was wondering what her power set was. Yeah, that one. Yeah. You wouldn't know through the book. You wouldn't know. If you paid attention during the book, you'd see her fly and use the power zaps. But uh, <clears throat> you paid attention to the book. I like, <laughs> she called it like Venom. But they're yeah, just Venom like Stings, I think it might be what she yeah. calls them. Anyway, long story short, it's a good book. And it's just like ElfQuest. I regret not having picked it up in the past. I'm very entertained by Spider-Woman. Having said that, this is probably one of the weaker issues. And I mean, even the writers themselves clown to the fact that, no pun intended, that he's not the Joker. Because they, they even wrote a little bit in there mm-hmm. uh, when he was in the car. He made some kind of joke about how he's not some simple Joker. Yeah. He's, you know, a clown. Like, they were clearly tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, that type of a deal. So, weak issue, yes. Wait, they, they were like, what? <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, so weaker of the issues. Yeah, I do agree. But I, I just want to put it out there. I, I did, after we read this, consider, and I haven't ruled it out for years to come, this might be a crusadeness book for me at one point. Probably wouldn't bring this particular issue to sell you guys on, but there are some good Spider-Woman books. So good book. This issue, not the best. And there is Jared's macro view from a guy who's read the volume one essential. I think I would, wouldn't mind that if you could bring one that represented more of the series. Yeah. I, I'd kind of be interested in it. Uh, like I said, I was trying to figure out what her power set was through this. She can kind of glide, but she can only glide. She can't carry people. Right. And she's got some sort of a zappy thing or, or something going on, but luckily she mentioned it. Uh, kind of what it was, Venom or whatever. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know what she else. She'd be totally yeah. outwitted by like a normal cuckolded clown. <laughs> yeah. With no powers know. at all. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. I'd be- that clown was fearless. Yeah. I, no, I'm going to step in right here because that clown was like, he really trusted those two delivery guys to put that box right where it needed to be. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was going to be my round two, man. I was saving that one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He went up, I, like, I he went up to- like nine stories. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, f- Man, he was like blind too. He's just like, I hope they put him put that box where I told him. Well, he must do business with them a lot because he's like, Yeah, I gotta call these guys. He calls them up right away, the shipping guys. That was that was straight up Wiley Coyote calling the Acme guys. Is <laughs> what that was. And I think, and now I'm stealing Jason's time, but I think that's I got the feeling they wanted to have fun with this issue because they were making fun of the Joker thing. Well, it, it was, was very so Wiley Coyote, but then at the same time, they wanted it to be dark and scary. And I'm like, yeah. you can't really have both. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, I was stealing uh, Christados' time there. So, oh, screw it. Let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. I, th- those are my thoughts, real quick. So, let's go ahead on to the next round. Delvin, do you got another high, low, or what the? The fight scene at the beginning, like if you look at it, it kind of didn't make sense. It's kind of a what the. The girl or the teenager was exiting out of the car with her back to the window. And then somehow the clown still gets a jump on her and strangles her from behind. And I'm like, that didn't make sense. It, it did not make sense. I didn't. I, I'll stop. I don't and, know. And how, I, I many, just, how many young women have you strangled in a car? This week? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> <Six>. What? <laughs> Crusaders <laughs> secrets. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't getting recorded and sent to people, is it? This is just between us, right? Oh man, I was yeah, trying to make a point. This got dark fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's too dark web right there, man. Um, but I don't know. There's just what I meant by you really wouldn't know her powers is that Spider Woman has more than just like gliding isn't a power. That's just her costume. And so only thing that she uses, she kind of crawled on walls, I think, maybe. And yeah, she had the Venom Blast, which she couldn't even hit an ordinary dude with. And that's why I was like, they really downplayed Spider-Woman. Because the Spider-Woman that I read that Bendis wrote decades later, she's a badass. And she had a cool power set. And she had like a hypnosis thing and everything. Like, yeah, that's cool. Jessica Drew. And on here, it's like they were making fun of her costume. Like, yeah, her costume's too tight. And she couldn't hit a ordinary person with her blast and got completely duped into following or being trailed by this dude back to the apartment and, and put her friend in danger. None of that made Jessica Drew seem very impressive to me. And I know she is. So I guess that's what, what made me disappointed to read this particular issue. It's not Spider-Woman. I want to be clear on that. I like Spider-Woman a lot, but I, I think I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter and son of a gun, I cannot remember who it was, but she he mentioned that Spider-Woman had just the weirdest arc. And like, it's, it's almost like they had this great character, but they didn't quite know what to do with it. And it could just be, they just couldn't find the right writer and it, they just couldn't find a way to land a plane. It's like, you know, 88% of our bits, we just <laughs> throw them out there and we don't know how they're going to land. <laughs> We've lost so, a lot of planes that way, haven't we? 
and no sky strikers. <laughs> a moment of silence for all the lost bits. Yeah. <laughs> I will remember you. <laughs> Uh, just so for one dollar a month you can help restock our planes for us oh my goodness someone take it i'm done i don't have anything else uh, you know what no i do see your point on this one this particular issue i don't know i'm thinking it's probably a filler maybe jerk could say yes no if you remember reading through this yeah i want to say the clown thing started the issue before this one i think it was a two issue oh really? thing okay. And, and I mean, to, to an extent, Delvin's right. I mean, Jessica Drew does get cooler over the years, but you got to start somewhere, you know, and this is yeah. her first, her first arc and this is her making mistakes and learning things. But I mean, it is issue 22. You think she'd be a little more wired type by now, but uh, you know, I like her costume. No further questions. Jason. Hi, low with Well, I guess I'll throw in some defensive killer clown here. I think I like what the book is trying to do. It does have a very pulp detective noir feel. Mm -hmm. And so the clown is kind of pathetic in some ways, but I think it's realistic in a way. Like this, this guy is not a super villain. He's just a creepy F that goes around killing people because he's a sociopath and dissatisfied with his life. And so that makes it kind of Gary in in a way. So, I mean, we can laugh at him. Some of the gimmicks maybe didn't work, but I like what they were trying to do with him, and I like the overall feel of the book. It kind of had a, you know, again, to compare it to something Bendis wrote, like the alias titles that, that he was writing in the early 2000s. So I thought the clown character was interesting if it, you know, if, even if he wasn't firing on all cylinders necessarily. All right. Good to hear. Jared, do you have any high lows or what this? I'll pretty much just echo Jason. I do like the, the entire vibe of the bounty hunters, mystery solvers, very noir. Uh, is, again, is that what the series is kind of about? Yeah. She's yeah. with this guy that yeah. helps her, you know, like it, it's her, you know, dude in the chair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude, everybody needs dude in the chair. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that. And uh, I just remember. I don't remember a ton about it because I read it probably about four years ago, but I just do remember liking it. And and like I said, kind of almost like kicking myself like, yeah, you should have picked these up back in the days. You know, girl comics is kind of a silly, outdated notion. But when you're a kid, you know how it goes. So Mm -hmm. uh, definitely worth a second look. I'm just sorry that you guys kind of got this oddball issue. (laughs) Although I can't get enough of that. That wily coyote clown flying like 10, 12 stories up in the air with all the confidence in the world. <laughs> the line of dialogue that the wife had about him becoming a clown, it wasn't good. It's filler. It's I'll filler. Just it's just, I think this it issue was, was a filler. really bad dialogue. Yeah. It was bad dialogue. I start, I start feeling bad, bad for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that this issue was different uh so i'm hoping that it's different from the rest of the series reason why i we are covering it it was one of the issues that is in my collection and i probably had gotten this one maybe from uh somebody else had sent it to me i think that is why i have it uh, it was other, probably me yeah <laughs> so I, I probably i think i probably got it from you from a hand-me-down from you so 
that's what reason why it's in the collection. And that's what's kind of nice about the Crusader Club members picking the second issue when we do this is, you know, we got to read an issue of Spider-Roman. Would I have read it before? Probably not. But I got to. And, you know, I now I know a little bit more about Jessica Drew and what she was like in her first volume. So, you know, will I grab out some Ain't more? nothing wrong with reading a comic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had never read it before. I am not worse off of my life for having sure. read it, you know. And at least I'm not Casper Wimpley in real life. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> All right. Well, does anybody have anything else? Otherwise, we will move on to the ratings for this issue. Head shaking no. So let's go ahead and move on to the ratings. It's a one through five rating for this one. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Let's see where this issue falls. And we will start with Jared. I might be the high on this one. I'm giving it a three. I liked it just fine. But again, I, I know more about it in its larger context. So <laughs> if I'm the high guy, then that's just fine. Oh, but I would. I three for me. All right. I was thinking you may be a little higher on that one. Hmm. Jason. I'm at a three as well. It's kind of like when you eat this strange food for the first time. I've taken my first bite. I don't really know if I like it. I don't hate it. I think I need to read another issue or two more before I finally come to a decision. So I'm going to land on a three for this one. Fair. Delvin. Y'all gave Spidey 200 a three. And y'all gave the Spider-Woman a three. Spider-Woman didn't promise me big buildups. <laughs> I, I, I just want to use this time to say that I hate you both. <laughs> I don't like you as people. Damn it. Damn it, all bricks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason was holding up two fingers. He's right. I'm giving it a two. It's not a one because the artwork was good and Mike Espadita in it. So those are two reasons that I could not give it a one. But like just the character of the killer clown alone and the fact that Spider-Woman of today would have this wrapped up off camera as opposed to taking 22 pages to tell this story. It's a two. I am with you as well, Delvin, on a two. And probably for the same reason. Artwork, very good. Really enjoyed it. But the story, I was kind of dragging. I was going quicker through the Amazing Spider-Man one than I was going through this one when I was reading it. I want to give it a three. I'm really close to it. But I think, like Jason said, if I could read a few more and had some more background on it, then I probably would give it a, a three. But I got I to gotta be at a two. I just didn't like the taste of it at this point. But I'm willing to try another bite. I just want to mention, before we bring this to a close, there's nothing wrong with a double-sized issue. Like, and in fact, people who bring double-sized issues to like certain events of the show are classy individuals and should be respected as such. I, I needed to add that before we went to a break. Or overcompensating. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I think I see Delvin saying, sometimes you got to kick a, some, a mother off a cliff. Possibly. <laughs> off camera stuff. Excuse me, off mic stuff, Pat. Off mic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, with that, that's going to bring it to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. Well, with that, we will be right back. The Fire and Water Podcast Network is a collection of super friends plus shag. So what could be more appropriate than a podcast about the super friends? It's For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast, a read-through show about the classic DC comic book series covering all 47 issues of the original run, plus a few surprises. Hosted by me, Rob Kelly, and a rotating group of my Super Friends. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It all looks good to me. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special Longbox episodes, voting to help determine show content, so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Albert Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battlewagon. Gary V. Not Battlewagon. Gerald Green. And Jason King. Thanks for rhyming, fellas. Jeremy L. For you guys. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Kathy Bright. Maxwell Trevor, Michael Wagner, Miranda W, PD Devins, Parker Hicks, y'all, Hicks, y'all, Rick from Jeff and Rick present. Can't top that, can you, Jason? Rob Morgan, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin. Tim Price, Toronto Cup, and Brad Morin. If we missed one on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon, but no worries. If we missed you, just let us know by sending an email to contact at longbosscrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade Headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast, even if you just want to keep it short. With just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. We have some social media like, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode 53 from July 1979. We've talked about Amazing Spider-Man issue 197 and Flash issue 278. Aaron Head Moss, Alvin White, Andrew Island, and Helica Fetty Wolf. Anthony Kozowski, Ben Wong. I've been right. I've been wrong. Am I that? I was thinking it, but I was like, I don't want to be right, Ben right. Bobby Agdepa, Brandon London, Brian W. Fraser, Carl Gibson, Carlos Martinez, Charlie Green. Chris Bailey, Chris Grinder, Chris Shea, Christopher Willette, Clifford Ham, the beer refreshing Ham. <laughs> I lost me on that one. Me too. Hams. I what? Did. Hams, the beer refreshing Ham. You never had Ham's beer? Mm-mm. No. With the bear? Mm-mm. All right, never mind. We're making up beers. <laughs> 
Clinton Robinson. Coffee and comics. Comic reflection. Hmm. Hmm. DK Thunderous. <laughs> See, I got that one. <laughs> Get me some duct tape, because I've got Dale McIver. Dan Nil. Daniel Apodica. Dangerous Darren Sutherland. Regular old Dave Miller. David Mattioli. David Shepard. The Days of High Adventure podcast. The Dame, Deborah Smith. Douglas Leftridge. Duncan Brown. Think Tam. <laughs> Duncan Brown. <laughs> well, 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 goodbye. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get the reference, but it's funny. It's funny. I didn't see it. <laughs> Julie Brown. <laughs> it's hey. hams. Hams. <laughs> Howard. Howard hams. Hams, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> We're all the audience, guys. Edward Williams. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. D-D-D-D-D-D. Francesco Vanagoli. Jean Jean, the podcasting machine. Hendrix. Gordon Ferret. <laughs> Ivan Chudley. Jermaine Maine. James Harles Huntley the third. Jansen Bentz. Jeremy Dow. Jeremy Spaulding. Joe Frovine. John D. That's no. John Livesey. John Lynch. Jonathan Schaefer Haynes. The beer refreshing Haynes. <laughs> as long as you bring it back later, it's a sale. It's, it's Letterman. Letterman 101, baby. <laughs> Captivating Kathy Bright. Kevin A. Jones. Kevin McLennan. Laurel. Moldflower One. I need to talk to her about getting my 1099 from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Tida. Manuel Lopez Cavalcante. Manuel Kenyette Mendoza. Marshall Ramirez. Marco Tavares. Margaretion de la Cruz Flores. Mark DeSimone. Matt Anderson. Max Reads Comics. Maz. Michael Gardner. Michael Shrum. Mitchell Xavier Green. Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. Pablo de Medellin. Peter Bo Hull. Philip O. Oh, oh. Philip Packer. The radioactive dinosaur. I think right. I had on this one. <laughs> Get it? It's retro cheating. I think that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Retro uh, Okay. Retro cheating. Rich Napic. Rick Lucy. Rick Tyndall. I swipe left on. Ten, 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 ten. <laughs> Just keep reading. <laughs> sometimes you hit them, sometimes you don't. You know what? Anyway. I think that's the motto of Tinder. I'll keep going. Ricky Bushel. See, it was a sex reference. I got it. Ah, okay. I, I, you better be getting it, Jason. <laughs> Robert Butler. Robert Heller. Roberto Carlos Tigre Moreno Perez. Follow that up with Ryan Daly. Scott Olson. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Sergio Vizcara. Steve Newberry. Super Serious 616. The Hammer Strikes. Eat stuff and hashtag voiceover. Tim Price. The Podcrasher. Todd Wyatt. Tyler Nunchuck. Give me a beat. Still on strike. Okay, unpacking the power power pack. Don't stop. Say what? What? Victor Bernardez. Vincent Dicadaldo. Gotta pay extra money for that. <laughs> I'd go for Dicadaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Vincenzo Palladoro. Waffles. And last, certainly not least, Xenozoic. Xenophiles. Thank you for all those likes, shares, and retweets and spreading the word about the podcast. That is awesome. We have some social media comments. I will start with one from Laurel Mountainflower. It's very appropriate. She asked, wait, now I'm the statistician of Crusader Chronicles 2, and now apparently you're doing, what What was that? What was that form, Jared? I think it was my 1099 from last year. Your 1099s, you're, you're doing our tax forms. You're a busy woman. That's all I'm saying. I give up. I give up fighting them. They, um, we need you here, Laura. We need you. I'll take one from Kathy Bright. And she says, I thought this episode was a bit too pitchy. <laughs> I see what she did there. Oh, her bits are better than mine. <laughs> Verified. <laughs> Still made me laugh. Good episode, guys. He, he, see what I did there? Bits and, yeah, yeah, I saw. (laughs) If you have to explain it, you lost it. (laughs) Sadly, there was no Randy Jackson pitchy gift for the queen 
to use for this comment. She is the gift queen. She is. All right. I'm going to go with perhaps first time commenter Philip C. Roy PC. Spidey issue 197 was my favorite Kingpin issues. Great story. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I hope you listen along with us. All right. And sorry, guys, I got to break in here with a little bit of business. This is for Angelica Fetty Wolf. Kind of mixing a little business here. The guys gave me your uh, heat ticket for your IT problem. You said I tried sending an audio message, but couldn't figure out how to get off mute. Sorry. He said, that's okay. I got your ticket and I'll uh, provide you tech support momentarily. I'm sure with my knowledge of uh, computer systems, we'll get this figured out. <laughs> yeah. So Auburn Elvis, uh, he mentioned uh, he liked the part of uh, the Spidey issue where Spidey goes through the hole in four kingpin made and unpacking the power of the power pack. Had a couple of jokes that give me a K. What's that spell? Potassium. <laughs> and here the unpacking of the power pack beat an endless timeless buy. I, I really think that you guys need to apologize to Jared though, because like I've talked to him in private and like, he's very hurt. Like you can't see his face right now, but like, it's sad. He's near tears. And, and, and I think he just needs an apology. Yeah. No love for the Castlevania beat. That goes all the way back to that one. Just yeah. That, I mean, trust me, I've known him for 25 years. He, he is not going to let this go. <laughs> Fake the apology. But, I mean, that's that's how you get beats back on the show. And in any event, thanks to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We truly appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jarrett, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. I can be found on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube. And that's the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Go ahead and check out Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe. Give us a like, whatever that is. Smash that bell so you can get notifications of when we go in live. Because we're doing it monthly. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to
intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Oh, I should get the script up just so. I don't even need it up now, though. It's the same old stuff. And provide background music. I like it. It was a good beat. Thanks, man. Let's see. Is the script just out and open or is it in the, the full box? was fresh. <laughs> Damn. Beats are fresh. Beats are fresh. <laughs> Snap. Okay, I just did the search for it and then pulled it out. Well, aren't you? Wait, uh, hold up. How did I get out? Done by Jason on something from the theater. He got that book. He got that Jared book. Told me how to do it. that book. <laughs> what is going on? I do not like it. F- weasel skulls. Freaking weasel skulls. You know the thing that stands out the most about the old Spidey when we started this was that, that didn't it feature the jackal? And isn't that what Peter yeah. was getting down with a dead body? <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, yeah, that was just kind of wrap that body up in a carpet and through it, <laughs> and then had sex with Mary Jane that night with the body still in the closet. Yeah. It's like I got to get rid of this dead body, but first I got some pumene coming. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> put that body away. <laughs> what is that smell? Like, it's you got like, pizza free. Spider Woman number two. Tw- Spider Woman number two. Spider. <laughs> It's Spadito! Yes, Spadito! <laughs> yes, Spike, Mike! Woo. Oh, Delvin and Jason were gone. They didn't get the revel in the Espadito. No. Anthony Kozowicki. Kozowski. Kozowski. Anthony Kozowski. Kozowski. Okay. Vincent DiCadaldo. DiCadaldo. DiCadaldo, okay. Dylan, did you like it when I sped up the when we do the long names?